after the long-term extension of Bobby Wood Jr., it brings up the question, who is the next young star to get a long-term deal? That's coming up on Locked on Royals. You are Locked on Royals, your daily Kansas City Royals podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you for tuning in to another edition of Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. As always, I'm your host, Jack Johnson. You can give me a follow on Twitter or X at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 1-5. Also, very easy to find us on wherever you get your podcast. That can be Spotify, Apple Podcast, Amazon Music, Google Podcast, Odyssey, and we're on YouTube. Our goal is to get to 1,000 subscribers by opening day. We set that all the way back. At the beginning of the offseason, we're now under 30 subscribers away from 1K, so we're very excited about that. And it's a perfect timing because next weekend, we're going to be down in Surprise, Arizona for four to five days, giving you content every single day, video you can catch on Twitter or X. Uh, We're going to be posting more to our TikTok and Instagram, which you can follow at locked underscore on underscore Royals. Plenty of player interviews, manager interviews, coaches interviews and probably a couple of front office interviews with J.J. Bacole. So we're going to be loaded up with content next week. And to just refresh everybody, a little bit of a reminder here uh, is that moving forward for the next 10 months or so, we're going to have five episodes a week. Uh, That's going to stay pretty consistent as long as I'm not on vacation. I don't have a sick day or something like that. You can expect a podcast episode every single day. Or sometimes it'll be two in one day with an off day somewhere Uh, in the middle of the week because it's exactly what happened going back to Monday when we had a a morning podcast and then the Bobby Wood Jr. deal broke. So we had to do another emergency podcast. That's going to happen a lot throughout the 2024 regular season. A shout out to FanDuel, who is the sponsor today and will be the sponsor moving forward on this show. We love giving you our picks, our ideas. It's so fun to use. It's fun to make money. And if you could do it right, Go do it over at FanDuel. The Super Bowl is right around the corner, of course, big time here in Kansas City. College basketball is getting closer to March Madness. So go and create your account. You know, start placing some bets. I believe with FanDuel, if you place a $5 winning bet after you just signed up, you're going to get $200 in bonus bets. So that's a great deal to use when getting some free money. I mean, you can win more money off that free money. Perfect thing to do over at FanDuel. Well, as I just mentioned... Monday was a unique day for us. Uh, We had a podcast episode come out in the morning. You know, I was uh, gearing up for a very busy week at work. And you know now, if you've listened to me long enough, I work at Sports Radio 810 WHB. So my life revolves around sports. It's not just Royals baseball all the time. Chiefs, uh, local teams, KUK State, Missouri, uh, sometimes Wichita State. It stays pretty busy. Um, So I tried to get uh, ahead of the game. You know, I I tried to make sure I was recording podcasts in a timely manner. I didn't want to short anybody out there with with podcast episodes. I didn't want to, you know, first week back with five episodes, only get to three or four. I mean, because we're right around the corner of spring training. Pitchers and catchers report one week from today. I didn't want to go through a week, even as busy as it's been. I barely had time to even go through a normal day. But there's stuff to talk about. And boy, did we have a lot to talk about on Monday with the Bobby Witt Jr. deal breaking. And what's great for us here on the Lockdown Royals channel 
is that this is going to provide us a lot of talking points now throughout spring training. That's what I think every podcaster would tell you uh, for the offseason. Uh, fortunately for me, you know, I've been blessed with this offseason that we haven't really seen before in Kansas City. I've had a lot of things to talk about. Uh, but the one thing that's fun to do after you have breaking news is kind of have these branches of what it can lead to. You know, the last thing you want to do is have a Bobby Wood Jr. podcast, and all of a sudden you're not talking about anything else related to that. Well, that's going to be different for today because I immediately started to think, maybe in the uh, four or five hours in the aftermath of the Bobby Wood Jr. deal, of course, I'm still thinking about that first and foremost, but I started to think off the top of my head, who makes sense next uh, to give that long-term extension? And that also extends to the minor league level. Um, because what the Royals have tried to set a bar at now is when we like a player, we like a superstar, we're going to do everything in our power to keep him here. And I don't think just because they gave this long-term deal to Bobby Wood Jr., it means, well, that just is going to rule out Vinny Pasquantino, Cole Reagans, Michael Garcia, maybe if MJ Melendez really pops off this year. You know, I, I don't think that this long-term deal eliminates any of that possibility if anything it starts to make you wonder more it starts to make the the gears grind a little bit it starts making your mind race of well if Bobby Wood Jr. is the first uh, this is going to be this precedent that said of well that's what we expect to do with our stars we want to load up this team so that we've got guys that are under contract for four to five to six years we don't even have to worry about those holes anymore we don't have to worry about a hole in the rotation, in the bullpen, at first base, at third base. And so my mind starts to go to who makes sense? Who's a safe bet to give that long-term deal to? And Bobby Wood Jr. was by far and away the safest bet. There was not a price. There was not an amount of years that the Royals could have given him. And somebody would have said, well, that's an overpay. Maybe that's a bit of an exaggeration. That's me turning a blind eye. But if they would have given him, you know, flat out 15 years, 380 million, there would have been people saying that's still a really good deal. It's very good value for Bobby Wood Jr. So what they got him at, tremendous value. And it was a safe pick because of what you saw last year. You know that he's likely going to get only better from this point forward. Now there is a huge gap on this roster. There's a huge gap between superstar and really good player, which then leads me to this point of, well, who's next? Who's the next guy to extend? Who's the safest pick? I do not believe the Royals have a farm system where it's the right thing to give somebody there, whether it's uh, Blake Mitchell or it's Frank Mozakata or it's Ben Kuderna or it's you know Carson Roggeford, it's Spencer Nivens, it's Jared Dickey, Hunter Owen, uh, recent draft picks. I don't think it makes sense when you have the 29th or 30th best farm system in baseball to give some of those players long-term extensions. You do that for free agents that you know are going to be stars. You know we're going to be big-time contributors at the big league level. They don't really have that right now at the minor league level. They have good prospects, but not ones I think you need to worry about locking up to a seven- or eight-year extension. And the way we saw Colt Keith sign an extension with the Detroit Tigers, who is yet to make his major league debut. He'll be there soon, but you get that taken care of. We saw the White Sox do it as well with Luis Robert and Eloy Jimenez. So it's been done before in this division. Uh, but I don't think the Royals are there right now. If they go and hit on a superstar with their, what is it, their seventh overall pick, sixth overall pick in the 2024 Major League Baseball draft, 
then you can think about it. But to me, I'm going to continue to ride the same narrative that I've had all offseason long. And that's that Vinny Pasquantino is going to be one of the main key guys for this turnaround. He is going to be right there alongside Bobby Wood Jr., I believe, for a handful of years. And if I wanted to make a great comparison, I think he does a lot of things better than this said player I'm about to compare him to, but it's Billy Butler. I see Vinny Pasquantino having a very similar career with fans that Billy had. Um, Now, I think Vinny Pasquantino is a little bit more uh, personable nationally. Uh, He's being brought on more podcasts nationally. I mean, Billy, I've interviewed Billy before. Great guy, super personable. But back, you know, in the years the Royals were down, he wasn't being brought on tons of national shows or podcasts weren't really big back then. But I I could see Vinny Pasquantino kind of being that next Billy Butler, if you will. Billy Butler, by the way, vastly underrated. Don't really need to tell a lot of people listening that. Uh, But I do think there are things he does a lot better. But in that conversation of, well, how did we view Billy? I mean, Billy was there for years. Billy was in the All-Star game. He was a a key middle-of-the-lineup hitter. I can see the same thing for Vinny Pasquantino. And even with the injuries, I think it's a safe bet that he's going to be a good player when healthy. And that's who I'm giving an extension to. In the past, the Royals gave extension to guys who had much less durability, much less production. I mean, the the extension for Hunter Dozier never made sense. Uh, that was more so Dayton more rewarding a guy that he had drafted and he had made it to the big leagues, had one good year, and it was like, yeah, I want to reward him for that. You don't need to do that. But for me, you know, Vinny Pasquantino can be a top 10 first baseman in the AL this year. Uh, easily. I would put money on it. Top five, ceiling for sure. I don't know if he's ever going to be the best first baseman in baseball. That seems like a bit of a stretch. But he can be in that conversation as one of the best pure hitting first basemen in the American League. That's somebody I want anchoring the the right side of the infield for a number of years. I mean, he's not 21 or 22, but if you could find a way to buy out the rest of his, you know, controllable years, keep him in Kansas City, keep him happy, I think he wants to be here. And I'm sure playing alongside Bobby Wood Jr. is going to help. That was a big point in their press conference the other day. To me, though, he is the safest pick. He is the safest bet. Right behind him, I think I'd go Cole Reagans. I still want to see just a little bit more with Cole Reagans, but I also could be seen as a hypocrite because I'm banking on Vinny Pasquantino with his injury concerns to a long-term deal. And I say, well, Cole Reagans, he's he's not durable yet. Uh, pitchers can be a little bit different, um, but I think those are two guys you want to look at. Michael Garcia absolutely deserves some recognition. To me, it's those three, though. Uh, those three make a lot of sense for a three or four, maybe even a five-year deal if you can get the money worked out. But right now, that's who I believe is next. Uh, for a long-term extension in Kansas City. Not as long as Bobby Wood Jr., but by definition would be an extension. Okay, we're going to take our first break of the show. When we come back, I teased this Jordan Lyle segment twice on Monday, and now we're eventually going to get around to it. Do I think it is worth the risk of giving him that number five spot in the rotation? I'll tell you next on Locked on Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I'm your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to give me a follow on Twitter or X at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. Before we go any further, let's give a shout out to the title sponsor today in FanDuel. Happy Super Bowl to all who celebrate from FanDuel, America's number one sports book. If you're like me, Super Bowl Sunday is all about scoring the best seat on the couch, grabbing your favorite football snacks, 
and placing some super bets. And my wheelhouse is definitely prop bets. And with the Super Bowl on Sunday, I want to make sure I've got all of those taken care of uh, with my bets over on FanDuel. You can get some free money, win a $5 bet, and get tons in your account. Super easy to use. We strongly encourage you to do so and start winning some money today. What perfect time to do it with March Madness right around the corner, Super Bowl right around the corner. After this podcast, go and create your account today because FanDuel has so many ways for you to end the season with a W or two or even three. Not only can you bet on who will win the Super Bowl, but FanDuel also has bets for which players will score a touchdown, how many points will be scored, and so much more. New customers, go and join today and you'll get $200 in bonus bets if your first bet of $5 or more wins. Just visit FanDuel.com slash locked on to sign up. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sportsbook partner of the NFL. I even got this question in one of the comments on YouTube after I posted my Bobby Wood Jr. episode. And again, always leave comments on YouTube, leave comments on Twitter. I'll try my best to get to them in a timely manner. This week, a little bit hectic, a little bit chaotic at my uh, day job of uh, doing Super Bowl coverage, producing and stuff like that. So I apologize if I do miss one of your questions or I don't get around to it. I try my best to answer every question that I can. But I did have one uh, fan go out there and ask, are we really going to be talking about Jordan Lyles in the rotation for an episode? And I thought, you know, maybe not Jordan Lyles-centric. He has to be involved in this segment. But it's more so about the number five spot in the rotation. And I've revisited it a couple of times in the offseason. And I really don't think my mind has changed much since December. And the way the Royals assembled this rotation, uh, they want a lot of experience. Um, They want known commodities, not unknown commodities. And as much as people will hate to hear it, Jordan Lyles is not an unknown commodity. Last year was awful. I am not going to make any excuses for Jordan Lyles. You would know listening to this podcast. Was not a fan of him being on the roster still after the offseason. Now that they have assembled this rotation much better, it started to make me think just a little bit more about what this five spot could mean. Uh, you've got your top four spots locked down. There is no and ifs or buts about it. It's going to be Cole Reagans, Waka, Lugo, Singer. That's not going to budge unless there was to be an injury. The number five spot, I'd imagine at this point, is going to go to Jordan Lyles. You've heard me bring it up in a segment before, and it's, well, I've got no reason to believe he's moving on unless they make a trade. And since there's been no rumors or rumblings of that, because the Royals would have to pay a chunk of his salary to just get him out of Kansas City, which I don't think they want to do, he's going to be that guy. He's going to be the number five man in the rotation. I get it that Daniel Lynch has more upside. I can't wait to see Chris Bubich come back after Tommy John middle of the season is what he told reporters at the Royals rally last Saturday. I can't wait for that. But in the meantime, it's going to be a guy that's under contract. And where the optimist in me is going to come out and explain something, I I feel kind of dirty saying it because I was so against Jordan Lyles being back in this rotation, what it would mean. Uh, as an organization, what it would mean for the front office. I believe I said something along the lines of J.J. Piccolo and John Sherman can't tell us they're committed to winning and keep Jordan Lyles on this roster. Well, 
I'm going to go out there and say that I was partially wrong on that because they also have shown they're committed to winning by adding tons and tons and tons of their payroll. And they have pushed Jordan Lyles to a very meaningless spot in the rotation. Now, don't take those words and run with it. What I'm getting at here is that I believe Jordan Lyles was a career worse last year because, A, the rotation wasn't good. Okay, so when you're not doing well and nobody else in the rotation is doing well, you're not going to have that level of consistency. Two, I mean, his stuff was just purely awful. Okay, but there were some starts that he could give you some value. And here's what I mean by value. As a number three in a rotation, you throwing six innings and giving up five runs is not good. You cannot convince me that is valuable for your rotation. If you're a number two and you give up six runs in seven innings, that's not good for me. You're you're an innings eater, but you're not effectively eating those innings. You're just making sure the guy behind you has a fresh bullpen to work with. And the reality was the Royals didn't have any inning eaters on that team. Brad Keller was it. Brad Keller could barely make it out of the third inning. You know, you couldn't trust Brady Singer too early on in the year. Chris Bubich got hurt. Daniel Lynch sure as hell wasn't an inning eater. But then I thought about it a little bit more and asked myself, is six innings and five runs good from your number five starter? I'd say so. Not great. Not going to sell that. But let's say Jordan Lyles throws 140 innings this year and has a 5.00 ERA. I don't think I'm complaining too much. I'm really not. Because there's also reserves for him. If there was nobody else behind him, I, I think I'd feel worse about that number five spot. Because if he starts to tail off in the way that he did last year, who are you going to turn to? Now, I feel confident that if Jordan Lyles struggles, they're going to be able to turn to Daniel Lynch. I feel confident that if Jordan Lyles struggles, they could go to Alec Marsh or Anthony Veneziano or Jonathan Bolin. There are options behind him, which is why I'm not worrying about it too much. And also keep in mind with this, in April, there's like four or five off days. The Royals may go through their rotation three times before Jordan Lyles gets a starter minimum once so you delay his start and then at that point you know what if you every three starts get that Jordan Lyles weird outlier outing where he goes six innings and gives up three or he goes seven innings and gives up one or two once every three starts see that's the thing with the fifth guy in the rotation yeah Daniel Lynch can give you five innings, a one-run ball. He may strike out eight, but he may walk six. And it's not giving your bullpen much relief. I think it's good to have Daniel Lynch in the back of your mind. But I'm also going to go out there and limit. I think Jordan Lyles is far more respectable than he was last year. I think having those top four guys in front of him is going to help him out a lot. Now, my leash is not long. Let me tell you that. My leash is not going to stretch past April if he's got a 7-plus ERA. I'm cutting the cord at that point. But if you're making it by as an average fifth guy in the rotation, I'm not going to lose sleep over it. Because I always know that leash can be snapped at any point. That can be cut. And I can go on to the next guy. So the way this rotation 
lines up right now, I mean, you're hoping the best for the top four. For Jordan Lyles, I just look at the 2022 season in Baltimore. You give that to Kansas City, maybe not in as many innings because you're a number five guy in the rotation, but a sub five ERA, I'll take it. I'll take it for as long as you can go. And I don't believe Jordan Lyles will be the number five starter in the back half of the season. But if you can just weather the storm for the first half, you'd be doing your job. Okay, before we move on to our final segment, I want to give a shout out to Locked On Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Locked On, plus our national shows covering every league. Find out on Locked On Sports Today over on their channel now on Amazon Fire. So plenty of spots you can check them out, but go check them out on Amazon Fire. When we return, we're going to talk about this window now of the Bobby Witt Jr. deal when it's at its cheapest. That's coming up on Locked On Royals. You are tuned into Locked On Royals on the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to follow me on Twitter or X at JohnnyJ underscore 15. That's at J-O-H-N-Y-J underscore 15. You also can check us out on TikTok and Instagram. That's at Locked underscore on underscore Royals. Back to the Bobby Wood Jr. extension and what I believe it can entail for the next five to six years. As we all know, with long-term deals like that, they're more backloaded than anything. Uh, because when a player's in their prime, they know the money's going to be coming at some point. They know the money's going to be flowing in later on, whether it be their actual salary or it be their endorsements. But what I noticed in the first two years of this Bobby Wood Jr. deal is something that we all became uh, very aware of when it happened. He's going to be making $2 million this year and $7 million next year. That screams to me that Bobby Wood Jr. wants to make sure there's money to go around to build this team while he's in his mid-20s. The deal is not really that expensive until you get to year seven, year eight, year nine, when those opt-outs are. But in the early portion of this, I think it was very telling that the money wanted to be left to spread around a little bit, to be able to extend guys, to be able to go be aggressive in free agency, to be able to make trades, to be able to eat money. That's a, a very common thing with long-term deals like that. Because if the Royals had to come up front and immediately start paying them $35 million a year, they're going to be handcuffed a little bit. Still not a bad contract because you're keeping Bobby Wood Jr. here long-term, but almost every player likes the backloaded deal. You know, when I may be declining a little bit, I'm not going to have to worry about not making much money. You know, I feel good that down the road, I'm going to make be making this chunk of cash, right? If we all live that lifestyle, right, your normal everyday job, would you not feel very comforted knowing that, well, I'm making a ton of money right now. I mean, even $2 million, that's $2 million. But then think about, well, in five to six years, I'll be sitting on $35 million a year. You'd feel very good. You'd feel very comfortable. And the Royals took care of them in that aspect. But I also think the money was left there on the table in the early parts because they want to go out there and win now. Bobby Wood Jr. wants to go out there and win now. When he feels like he's at his best, he wants to make sure this team is being surrounded with good talent. It is so important, so important for many reasons why the Royals need to capitalize on this window while he's cheap. Uh, because there's going to come a time in this contract, that year seven, where there's going to be an opt-out ability. He may not opt out. Um, it would probably take a career year in that sixth year. Now, when he's nearing his age 30 season, 
it would take a MVP type of year for him to go, hmm, I can make more than $35 million a year. I'm going to opt out. But what can change that, even if he does come off an MVP season, is if the Royals are winning and winning consistently. If the Royals can make the postseason a couple of times in those first seven years, they're getting deep into playoff runs. I know that we're kind of you know putting the cart before the horse here, but that's so important. It's important that the front office shows Bobby Wood Jr., hey, while you're not making much money, I'm going to make sure this roster is going to be aggressive. This roster is going to be uh, very much stabilized. You're going to be playing in meaningful baseball early on in your career, in your prime, some would say. Because if the Royals don't, let's say in, in a worst-case scenario, this team loses 90 to 95 games this year. That doesn't mean Bobby Wood Jr. is going to think, wow, I made the wrong decision. But it's going to put J.J. Bacola and John Sherman back in the spotlight of, well, that didn't work. We got to go after different guys now, different talent. We've got to make sure that these early years are capitalized on. Windows are not long in Major League Baseball. The Royals were very fortunate in 2013, 14, 15, 16, and 17. That stretch of years, baseball was fun. And they were very fortunate. They got a World Series championship out of that. I think you just have to look in the division at teams that immediately tailed off. You know, remember Detroit's window before the Royals run. Detroit's window from 2010 to 2014. Now, they bottomed out in 15. They were terrible. Now, they lost to the Orioles in three games in the ALDS in 14, and it was over after that. And they had Miggy. They had uh, Prince Fielder. They had V-Mart. They had a rotation that featured Max Scherzer and Rick Porcello and Justin Verlander. It was ridiculous. They had Ian Kinsler. They had uh, Johnny Peralta. They had uh, Nick Castellanos, Austin Jackson. They had a bullpen that had enough guys, Jose Valverde, Joe Nathan. You know, they had Phil Coke. I mean, but that window closed. Now, they had a little bit of a longer run. I remember in 2006, they got to the World Series, and, you know, they were there in 2012. So they had their chances, but didn't win one. Now that window's kind of opening back up again because of what they've been able to do in the draft. That's not completely started just yet. Cleveland had an unbelievable window. I remember they won 22 in a row, got that 22nd win against the Royals. You know, they went to the World Series, were a game away from winning that 3-1 to one and blew it to the Cubs. Haven't even been close to getting back since. Window is pretty much closed because they also aren't willing to spend a lot of money. The White Sox, most recently, felt like that window was going to be open for a decade. You know, they had so much young talent. They had Robert, they had Jimenez, they had Moncada, they had Jose Abreu, who wasn't young, but still producing at a high level. Uh, they had Michael Kopech, right? They had Gavin Sheets, who looked like a, a promising young Adam Dunn, if you will. Tim Anderson was out there. Um, you had Dylan Sees. You had Lucas Giolito. They went out and signed Lance Lynn and Dallas Keuchel and, and Yasmani Grandal, and they were trying to capitalize. They got to the playoffs twice, back-to-back -back years, I believe, in the COVID year, the 2021, and now they're one of the worst teams in baseball. It can close so quickly on you. So when the Royals know that window is open, which right now I think we're going to know pretty quickly if that window is open. If the Royals start winning games and you look up and, hell, they are 50-50 and 50 at some point, 
all right, 100 games in, 500, we feel pretty good. It seems like the window may start now. And that's when you got to go and capitalize on this early part of the career of Bobby Wood Jr. It's always selling. You are always selling yourself as the best possible spot. I don't believe Bobby Wood Jr. wants to go anywhere, but you can't take advantage of that. You can't look at that and go, well, he's happy. He's never going to leave. Players may leave, especially when there's opt-outs and you haven't played in any meaningful games. The clock starts now. He is never going to be cheaper than he is right now. It feels good. You feel secure that he's got that long-term deal. But at the end of the day, it's a process every single year. You have to convince people to come here to Kansas City. Having Bobby Wood Jr. is going to do that. But you also want to make sure Bobby Wood Jr. knows, hey, reinforcements are coming. You are going to be playing in meaningful baseball for this city, for this team, for a long, long time. Let's get into it for another edition of Lockdown Royals on the Lockdown Podcast Network. I've been your host, Jack Johnson. Be sure to follow me on Twitter or X at JohnnyJ underscore 15. Before we say goodbye, shout out to Lockdown Sports Today. It's here for you 24-7 covering the top sports stories of the day with the local experts of Lockdown, plus our national shows covering every league. Find the Lockdown Sports Today channel now on Amazon Fire. Tomorrow when we have our episode, we won't quite be to a mailbag Friday, but I want to take a look at that first stretch of games for the Royals. Lots of playoff teams, and I'm going to tell you what I expect and hope to get from them in that first month of the season. But until then, you take it easy, Kansas City.